0: Welcome to Ask the Ascot, my name is Michael Beck. This is episode 25, The Vampire You Will Always Have With You. Each episode... In around ten minutes, I answer all of your questions with the wit and wisdom that only I, an amateur podcaster, can summon. I'm on Facebook and Twitter at AskTheAscot, and email AskTheAscot at gmail.com. Gentle listener, when one hangs one's shingle out on the internet, proffering services as a humble answer peddler, as I have done, you've come to discover certain fundamental truths about the nature of the human soul. The greatest of these truths seem to be that you people have a lot of questions about vampires. Now, I shall endeavor to sate some of that hungry, vampiric curiosity in this episode those most in harmony with the motion of the stars and planets, will know that right now, we are almost exactly as far away as we can be in time from Halloween. All Hallows' Eve, the Big Kahuna of Weirdo Vampire Days. I am presenting this particular episode at this particular time in order to insulate myself as much as I can from the vengeful power of the vampire. And I'm hoping that the little old lady lawn flags with baby chicks and painted eggs that proliferate in yards right now near my house might offer an additional layer of protection from the hideous specter of a vampire. Christy wants to know. Since vampires are undead and drink blood, and zombies are undead and eat people, couldn't you say that they are essentially the same creature of varying degree? Christy, no. It's a very significant difference that vampires carefully select their victims, whereas zombies happily munch whomever is on offer. Vampires are unbearable snobs. Zombies are radical egalitarians. But even more importantly than that, we should call all entities by the name they want to be called. It's the decent thing to do, Christy, even if the entities are horrifying thralls of Satan. Vampires want to be called vampires and do not wish to be confused with other monsters. And zombies to the extent that they are capable of expressing any sort of will or agency at all, quite reasonably don't want to be lumped in with elitist vampire jerks like Vlad the Impaler or Elon Musk. The Muscles from Brussels wants to know... (laughs) The Muscles from Brussels... (laughs) The Muscles from Brussels wants to know, why are vampires real? Okay muscles. First, I should dispel, sadly, the hope in listeners of a certain age that you are, in fact, the Belgian film sensation, martial artist, and all-around oddball Jean-Claude Van Damme, because I don't think you are. Or at least, I don't think you probably are. Van Damme, JCVD, also goes by the muscles from Brussels. But, with this question, we are dealing with a homophone. Homophones are two words that have the same pronunciation, but different spellings. So my question comes not from M-U-S-C-L-E-S, the bundle of fibrous tissue that produces movement when contracted, but M-U-S-S-E. ELS, a delicious bivalve mollusk with a purplish-black shell. Brussels, the perfectly acceptable capital of Belgium, and the de facto capital of the European Union, remains the same in both formulations. So, mussels from Brussels. Why are vampires real? Stop that! Vampires are not real. Our next question comes from Brian, David, Adrian, Monica, Miko, Emily, and Anne. Our entire D&D, that's Dungeons and Dragons, group wants to know, how do vampires use their teeth to drink blood? Do they make a hole with them and then drink with their mouths, or do they use their fangs like straws? well brian david adrian monica miko emily and Anne, i'm glad that you came to me a trusted adult with this question rather than trying to find an answer out there on the street on the street you'd probably get an answer right away that would have given you a quick thrill but then would have sent you straight to the hospital or the morgue first Vampires puncture your neck with their cuspids, that's with teeth 6, 11, 22, and 27 for the vampire dentists, or regular dentists, if there's a difference. Then, vampires consume the blood from the puncture holes using standard humanoid drinking and swallowing techniques. What they do not do is use straws of any kind. In fact, unless required to do so by medical infirmity, no adult entities, and here by adults, I refer to humans, vampires, djinns, shades, gola, and so forth, no adults ought to use straws. There are exceptions, of course. For instance, Adults may use straws to consume semi-solid substances, like milkshakes or... uh, or smoothies. But, broadly speaking, drinking from straws is the domain of children and the infirm. And vampires are insufferably preoccupied with their own dignity and status. Therefore... Even if their eye teeth had straw-like properties, vampires would abstain from using them as such. Now, Brian, David, Adrian, Monica, Miko, Emily, and Anne, because I have great faith in your adult ability to drink liquid without a straw, and because I've confirmed that you are all over the age of 21... I'll send you a nice bottle of something red for an upcoming game as a treat. Please enjoy it in good health. Gerbertus Gronkus asks, There's a vampire in our driveway. <laughs> oh, our driveway? Why, Gerbertus, I, I had no idea why, thank you. <laughs> anyway. Gerbertus Gronkus asks, So, You're holding a baseball bat, sharpened into a spike. Do I let the vampire in the driveway do its business and turn you into one of its own, which would give me eternal life as a vampire, or do I throw down and stab the vampire in the heart? Gerbertus. My default setting is rank cowardice and selfishness. But, I also have an infuriating and baffling streak of the paladin in me, if I think something is unfair. Paladins, by the way, were the most heroic knights in the great emperor Charlemagne's court, and are holy warriors aligned with lawful good in Dungeons and Dragons. Now, let me be clear. I detest the sword-swinging, lunatic part of myself that is the paladin. I've inherited this crap from my mother and all of our Irish ancestors, stretching all the way back to the beginning of Irish. Now... If I catch even a whiff of what my whiskey and potato-addled brain thinks of as injustice, it is impossible for me to put my head down and go about my business. And my guess is that many of my gentle listeners fall into this very same miserable category. We all share a quality that seems admirable, but only to those people who do not possess it. It seems far, far preferable to be a rogue, a ranger, or someone who can wrap up a meeting by simply enveloping everyone else in a fireball. All this shouty, palleted nonsense means in practice is getting passed over for promotions, being asked to keep your voice down or being escorted out of the country club and never actually correcting injustices. So yeah, Gerbertus, I'd stab that freaking vampire right in the heart and I'd loudly and proudly declaim why I'm staking him while I'm doing it. But look, Gerbertus, I'm already 41 years old, And I don't want to have to endure another 40 or so years in this dumb bucket of mine. Vampirism means, among other things, remaining live and attractive, growing ever more rich and powerful, and forever meeting glamorous new people. Oh. As a middle-aged man... Essentially, my three favorite things are garlic, waddling myself out into the midday sun, and stabbing my ideological enemies in the heart with a stake. Vampire should just move on to the nice, centrist, young insurance agent who lives next door. Thanks to everyone who has shared the show lately. Zach, Holly, my very own mother, Kim, Alexia Frost, my wife Crystal, and Big Al. If you've shared the show and I've missed it, please let me know, and I'll appropriately laud you on the next episode. My theme music was composed and recorded by my brother David. He's on Instagram at David Beck, NYC. Send me your questions, and those questions can be on any topic. Unlike most internet podcasts, questions for my show don't even have to be about blood-sucking monsters. I'm on Facebook and Twitter at AskTheAscot, and email AskTheAscot at gmail.com. Thanks for asking. Farewell.